Roheim. Bro, Mister. How Look, you doing? I'm doing great. We're starting off the show with a bang. We've already got a comment. You're kidding. The show just started. We already have a comment here. I'll throw it up there. There it is. From Brian Jesuit, only if Adam Arkin is on here. So the show just started and we're already disappointing our audience. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, we didn't say Adam Arkin talks about movies. I no. mean, we, we, we didn't advertise this incorrectly. We are the Arkin brothers. Um, yes. And we, we apologize. We feel there's a point at which we feel bad. And then there's a point at which I no longer feel bad. And I feel bad because that's, in, that hurts my feelings that we're yeah. not good enough. Yeah. Uh, that it takes uh, it takes a more popular brother to uh, to do a podcast, which is know. ironic. More popular? Is he more is popular? That, did I misspeak? Who's more popular than than you, Mister Sundance? Sundance, uh, you know, that's a I I, I did get an, a little level higher uh, by going to Sundance. I'm that much cooler. I haven't been to Sundance. Well, I haven't been to Sundance either. I, I was in my apartment in my pajamas watching some films online, which is basically what I do anyway. Okay, but I got up the other day. Uh, I had tried to reach you several times, and I you didn't get back to me, which is understandable because you were at Sundance. But I didn't know you were at Sundance. And then the next morning I get up and I look online, and there you are in your, your Sundance swag jacket. Yeah. outside on a freezing cold day and i'm like he i was infuriated that you got on a plane well you thought COVID. i really went i thought you got on a plane that you're oh. standing in the cold in a sundance swag jacket i got i got very <laughs> the marketing worked then the, the, the marketing worked oh oh here this makes this will make you feel better my friend art, art brueggemann says that his art, wife art. thinks you're cool are I that, that you have made me feel like staying on the show now? I and think you Art's a good friend of mine, wonderful guy. If you met his wife, mm -hmm. it's like as wonderful a guy as Art is. You yeah, think, what happened? He, I said to his wife, Did he save your life in a boating accident? Uh huh. Like, she's so extraordinary. <clears throat> okay, he's yeah, the luckiest man around. I, I have friends like that where you're like, What, what happened here? But I got to say, from Art's picture here, it looks a little bit like this, one of the stars of tonight's movie. In that picture, he looked a little bit like Scott Glenn. He's a very regal-looking fella. So I maybe she has no complaints either. I don't know. It sounds like I they're well-matched. I still think he's punching above his weight a little bit. Hmm. Um, so how was Sundance? Uh, Sundance was was cool. It was cool. You know, I mean, it was it was it was so exciting to get to be there and to get some of those laurels on our film poster on this little movie we did it was really cool it was a mixed bag some of it was sad because it's like you just really want to be there and hanging out meeting new people and for real and um uh i'm not great i'm not let's face it i'm not great at a party so like i can't meet people at a party when I'm really there. So it's actually hard for me to do that. Even in a virtual setting, I'm, I'm a little shy. So, uh, you know, um, there were some weird things about doing any, anything virtually, but every morning I did get up and we also had internet problems. So we'd get about, I'd try to watch a movie 
<clears throat> for through Sundance and <clears throat> Brooklyn was having outages, so it was problematic. Oh, great! But overall, great. Look, I'm not going to complain to you or anybody else. Right. Okay. Well, uh, this, this, the swag food. jacket, just so you know, was it was a gift. It was uh, uh, my my the my director and producer and co-star. They they got some swag because they really did something. They directed it and made it. Right. They just gave me a jacket. They gave you a jacket. I was lucky. Wow, it's a nice jacket. It is a nice jacket. I I yeah yeah. yeah. It was I good have swag. I have a jacket from. Um, boy from wonderland the the wonderland movie uh oh the yeah on but uh pops movie yeah and that's a nice jacket but what, what kind of jacket is that it it's 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 a very like uh very it's much too hip for me i i look ridiculous it's a great jacket i look ridiculous in it because i look like i'm um you're not going to tell me what kind of jacket it's a big black you know, hoodie jacket that says Wonderland on the back of it, and uh, it had its different logos and stuff. And I, I look like, uh, you know, when I wore a younger man's clothes. Right, it looks I, like you may have done that movie Wonderland. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, well, so not all swag news, works out. Yes. In the news this week, sad news: Cicely Tyson. Terribly sad news. Terrible, Terrible week for brilliant. that brilliant brilliant actor um did you ever meet her i didn't by any chance? i was not around for um i was not around for heart is lonely hunter i was not i was not on that set i was still living with uh with my birth mom in california oh, okay I to live with mom and dad here or there wherever we were living at the time it's all very confusing but i didn't meet her but she's extraordinary in that movie and the hardest she's, only hunter she's great in it yeah and um dad had always such great things to say about her too yeah um yeah and and of course cloris leachman what just a few days before yeah these two titans you know it yeah was, it was tough rough so um feel like we're avoiding something here we're avoiding uh moving on into the topic of the evening do you feel else? am i dragging my heel do you feel me dragging my heels at all i don't know why else? you would is there anything else we can talk about god can we please just pretend this didn't happen yeah we could just talk about everything in the world except this movie well, and I need I need help. But you need but help. Before we get into that, we <laughs> okay. should tell people what the movie is. Yes, and, uh, acquaint them with with the, the, what that is before we. Do you do you want me to do that, or do you want to do that? Well, I'll say the title of the movie is Absolute Power. Uh, I will say, you know, I've talked about the past two movies. I've said, you know, wow, this was a movie that made me cry. And I think I can say again, this was a movie that made me cry, but for a whole different a deep well of reason. sadness. Yeah. 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 I, um, yeah. Um, let's oh, give. Some... Oh, some, my friend Carrie is mentioning. We've neglected to mention 
Ah, boy. Yeah, of course. Right. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, another Titan. Another yeah. I don't see the likes of him again. I no, I never I never worked with Holbrook. Um I didn't either, never met him, but boy do I wish we were we were discussing any of the many movies in which he played the president or somebody presidential. Or just had a voiceover. Yeah. Um or, or he's was great. a background player. Yeah. It's so anything. so great. What a yeah. great guy. Um wonderful actor. Uh, no, he, well, unfortunately, none of these fine actors are in this movie. There are great actors in this movie. There are some great actors in this movie. <clears throat> they're not really doing good work. Power. It uh, is directed by the uh, redoubtable Clint Eastwood. Um, what does redoubtable mean? I'm not exactly sure. I think it means okay. something to do with formidable. Or not sure how everybody's going to feel about this. Yes. Or that you, doubt, you doubted him. And right. now you're doubting him again yes. because of this movie. Yeah. He's redoubted. Um, well, then well put. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for calling me out on using a word that I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I, I, think, I think you pronounced it correctly. correctly. I think you said it the right way. Yes. At least. You don't pronounce the B in the middle of the word. I don't, I don't, I don't believe. Uh no. Um, and um oh my friend Carrie looked it up for us it means forbid formidable especially as an opponent okay then yeah clint is definitely uh redoubtable and and especially as an opponent because he's the fastest draw in the west we we know that because of the uh, he's a tough il, man il buono il malo uh, il gato il gato yeah. Il Segundo Gato. <laughs> Il Segundo Gato. And Absolute Power is a movie about a, a very high-class uh, burglar who uh, burgles, you know, knows how to work his way past the most amazing security systems. High-class, I don't mean to interrupt, but high-class in terms of he steals very, very pricey objects that yes, are very hard to obtain. He himself is not a very classy man. No, it's not. This is not. It takes a thief. It's not Cary Grant, and it takes a thief. It's kind of like the guy from Gran Torino, and it's like a cat burglar. You're yeah. Like, why? How did that work? Yeah. Or, or the guy from The Mule. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. But um. And and in 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 burgling an incredible mansion, he ends up witnessing what turns out out to be the president of the United States having a sexual encounter with a woman who he murders during the course of the encounter. And then, uh, and then uh, hilarious hijinks ensue. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much, that's the, that's the story. There's a, there's a subplot where, you know, Clint does this, has this, um, Thief has a daughter played by Laura Linney, who is, of course, a prosecutor. Yeah, well, because of course, because if your father is a is a yeah, yeah you have you, to right all the wrongs. Yeah. And um, I, you know, the 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 this was this was this was one of the weirder ones for me that we've watched, to be honest, because the pedigree is okay. I mean, Clint, I, I have, you know, I, I there. Are, He's made he made at least one movie that I think is a masterpiece. 
which is straight up i think unforgiven is like a masterpiece um and he's made several movies that i think are great um he directed in the line of fire right no he didn't direct in the line of fire no he directed that that was i want to say uh peterson or i have to look that up that's a good that's a good one but yeah no clinton didn't direct it okay um but uh there's good you know the, i mean and it all so you know clint is directing and it's written by william goldman this is where i need help because i don't understand uh, this is one of the worst scripts i i've seen in a long time yeah it's a, it's a dreadful script with you know that thing that you said about two great scenes and no bad ones this is all bad scenes with two kind of good ones that maybe if they were in a better movie they would you wouldn't even think they were that good i mean right. yeah but there's such a relief the two scenes that kind of work a little bit well i'm curious to find out what those are obviously we both did not have a good time with no. this one no and i have lists of things wrong the the biggest question i have or not question but the biggest thing that I actually learned from this movie that I did not know, and I think I think it's worth pointing out because I think a lot of people, a lot of people um, might not know this. I'll bet you don't know this. It's is that the president of the United States only has two Secret Service agents assigned to him. <laughs> did you know that? I didn't know that. I, I, that was a big surprise. And the only people who work in the White House are those two Secret Service agents and chief of the staff. crooked chief of staff. Yeah, There's nobody else around the president ever. No. No, he can get around town. He can drive around pretty much. Yeah. What, go what, where he wants. I could not believe what I was watching. There, There is like zero adherence to any form of logic that i and it gets worse as the movie goes I, what i was surprised at was oh um yeah. <laughs> you cry easily yeah it's true yeah. um commercials. this was a, this was sobbing though this was yeah. deep deep crying yeah um it started off okay i actually thought starting with the art studio stuff like he he's an artist and he's you know he draws he's a very fine illustrator and that's his yeah. hobby yeah and he clearly has good taste or he prides himself on having good taste in art and whatever and he's in sketch class and this young woman comes up to him kind of flirtatiously of course and uh and says like oh can i see your work and he shows the, the drawing and she says, "Oh, uh, you know, that's very nice." He goes, uh, "You must work with your you you work with your hands, don't you?" And <laughs> before you know what's going on in the movie, there's something about his reaction that's actually kind of clever. Like he kind of looks at her and he's like, "Well, kind of, yeah, I do." And then they cut to him, and you're like, "Oh, in his job, he's a thief, and he works with his hands." But what was weird about it is that they set it up. Clint spent all his time setting up his character's setup. Yeah, like the only time the movie was really interesting in terms of how it was made was the first five minutes, ten minutes. Yeah, like and then they it got bad. Another thing, like he handles all the jewelry really roughly. Like he's got these delicate hands for drawing and stuff, but then they cut to him actually collecting the jewelry when he's in there and he's in a hurry, but he's just grabbing stuff and clinking it, and it's very. Yeah, I thought it's it was set up pretty well, and then 
this this scene between uh uh the president played by gene hackman and this young woman i should harden who is it oh melora harden melora harden uh starts and um through no fault of their own it's one it's one of the more painful like acting scene it's just it's painful to watch not because it's ugly it's it's an ugly scene he you know this woman is getting kind of attacked by the president and she's brutalized and ultimately murdered it's it's an unpleasant scene but it doesn't it's not effective like it's not it it's just it's just gaudy and 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 kind of gross not well done yeah it's gross and then when he's rescued by the secret service agents who who are the ones who actually shoot her when gene hackman's rescued not clint yeah Yeah. gene hackman is rescued by the secret service agents because he makes it sound like she's attacked him and they come in and shoot her um and uh and clint is in in the the vault attached to the bedroom watching the whole thing through a one-way mirror um and the the one way the the sliding door with the one way mirror is closed, and the agents come in. And the one laugh out loud that I had in the movie is when the the chief of staff and the agents are in there, and and um, Scott Glenn as one of the agents says, "Maybe I should call the police." And uh, Judy Davis, as the chief of staff, says, "Oh Jesus, what, Bill?" Why don't you think about that? Just take a second and think about that. Think real fucking hard. And they cut to Clint and he's sitting there and he's nodding. He gives a little nod like, yes, please think real hard about calling. Because he doesn't want the cops called either. He's going to be Yeah, yeah. The one moment I kind of laughed. There were a lot of moments I laughed. I don't want to give the wrong impression. I laughed my ass off in this movie okay let's hear let, let's hear your list of things that made you just cackle at how bad they were it's not even beginning to be my the worst line slash favorite line in the movie but it is it's not the worst line it may be my favorite and it comes right in this scene uh the forensics guy is there they the cops finally do come to the to the to this crime scene Ed Harris is the lead investigator, and he's there with a friends, a couple of forensics guys, a photographer, none of which feels realistic. Ed Harris is a terrible cop in this movie. He doesn't know how to be a cop. He's it's that part's pretty rough. But because um because of something that they had to do to the body uh earlier, this older forensics man has the best line in the movie. Forgive me, we're gonna say it on this podcast. They're like, uh, well, what? What's the bad news? And he goes, well, she was, her throat was cut or whatever. She was this and this happened, and then he looks right to the camera and he goes, then um, he also inspected her vagina. <laughs> and it yeah, was at that moment that the whole movie just completely fell apart. It fell apart right there. And the guy saying that line knew it. He felt guilty about it. I wanted to call him and say, it's not your fault. Yeah. But it's that's where it all fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. Melora Hardin actually is so lucky that she died right at the beginning of this movie and didn't have to continue 
suffering through this. I felt train shit bad for Gene Hackman on many occasions. Yeah. On this, I mean, I felt bad for him as an actor trying to. There is, there is arguably one of the worst scenes ever. It the dancing scene at the White oh, House. That's on my list of worst scenes ever, and and I have it actually in a compare and contrast. Let's compare <laughs> and contrast the okay. dancing scene with um, Michael Douglas and Annette Bening <laughs> yes. in, in the American President. Perfect. You cannot believe what you're watching in the dancing scene, and the they're trying to. It's almost like they're trying to do uh, after the Thin Man, you know, Nick and Nora cute dialogue during the dancing scene. It, it it's it, everything about it. I mean, they're ta- the way they're talking. They're they're giving away clues, full voice to people who are watching them and smiling the fact that the president would dance with the chief of staff that way anywhere anywhere, anywhere is weird ever. and that wouldn't happen yeah. the song that they pick to play is yeah. like an own papa children's song <laughs> i don't I, it it was one of the worst scenes i've ever seen yeah gene hackman who i feel like is you could say a lot about him he's a great actor, great he, actor. He, he's an incredibly comfortable guy like on screen he has a real kind of ease about him, right? Not for a moment. Not, not in this. He looked so uncomfortable. <laughs> he looked like he was being blackmailed to be yeah. in this movie. Yeah, it did. It really did. Because it was like, on you? how bad could it be? It's going to be Clint. I worked with Clint. It's great. And then it's like, oh, I could just see him like calling his agent from the dressing room and just being like, I don't, I, something's wrong. I don't think this is going well. And I'm then. Like, other things that are just wrong in the movie. So the, there's a scene with with Ed Harris in the in the in his office at the police station, and and at a a phone repair guy opens the door and says, "We're, we're done. We're done working on the phones." And he, okay, great, thank you, and he leaves. So you obviously know, oh, his phone's just been bugged because. If you're a good screenwriter, you don't have a random phone guy working on the phone. That's not atmosphere. That's obviously a plot point. Well, you don't give him dialogue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just have him in the background working yeah. on the phones to show some kind of realism. But if you have him stick his head in the door and say, we're done working on the phones now, it's like, okay, your phone is bugged. So at that moment, I go, oh, they the government just bugged the cop's phone. Great. We Okay. Now I know that. But just in case I didn't know that, they have a shot of Scott Glenn in his car outside and the phone repair guy walking by and turning to his car and looking at him and nodding with a little smile yeah. like, yeah. I got it. I yeah. was able to bug. It's like, it's like screenwriting with a hammer. It, it, what's what's great about that moment, and I kind of looked. I wasn't paying attention for a second when that when he came in as the phone guy. Yeah. So all I caught was that moment when he nodded to to Scott Glenn in the car, and I was like, "What? What happened here? Why are they? Why are they having this moment?" I, I, I th- this is a hard one to to actually to pay attention to. Yeah. Um. There were yeah. there kept on being scenes that I thought were going to be the worst scene ever made, and then I was wrong. There was another one that was the worst scene. I mean, is this the worst, uh, like bungled assassination, crowd panic scene ever on the on a back lot? Trying to look like 
where i don't know dc yeah, yeah no yeah the um richard yeah. jenkins hanging outside of a window with a rifle like full view of everybody trying to clandestinely assassinate someone amazing right and that's not okay so here's here's where it actually happens backlot because there's never in the in in the world been a street that looks like that right i guess it That's, could be it could be tampa it's either backlot or it's tampa right and then we also have th this is where the the whole thing takes place um oh wait I, yeah there we go are we looking at the brownstones yeah yeah there we go pretty pretty uh pathetic i guess i mean i've seen worse sets but dude it's the whole choreography of it i mean the, it, it, you could you could see clint trying to save money because he's really famous for saving the studio money coming in under budget under time i'm like spend another two hundred thousand dollars on this scene he right came now somewhere between two and four million dollars under budget on this movie three weeks ahead of schedule Clint, where where are you reading that i read that on um imdb trivia well you there you go okay and a little more money yeah i mean Just a little more that when when clint's stuff doesn't work it's because it's really for that reason i just feel like he could have made a, a actually an effective at least a decent movie if he'd just spent the time yeah it, it looks undercooked it feels made in a hurry it's the coverage is really bad it's just not here's a big question for me he's a thief right and everything goes south he's witnessed this murder he's getting out of town He's got his disguises. He's got his fake passports. He's got millions of dollars and he's leaving. And he's at the airport and he sees the president giving a press conference about his best friend and fundraiser whose wife has been horribly murdered. And I'm going to see that she's avenged. And Clint looks at the screen and says, the best line ever in you heartless whore. I'm not about to run from you. <laughs> yeah. That's the point when he decides he's going to right all the wrongs. And yeah. why? What, what yeah. makes this? Is it because he's a Korean War hero? Is that the? Is that the thing? He's he's the he's Clint. I mean, it's Clint. Clint wakes up in the middle of this movie and he's like, "No, I'm gonna. I I refuse." Because he's, you know, he's got a daughter. I think Laura Linney. He's thinking about her and what he would do how he would feel if he were E.G. Marshall or Egg Marshall, oh, as we call him. Egg Marshall. Okay. But, um, you know, maybe maybe we should take a break. You got it. Hold on. We can't move on. You heartless whore is the worst line of dialogue <laughs> other than the other worst line of dialogue in this movie, which I'll mention a bit later. Oh, okay. But, but, but I, have, I have lists that I want to go through of bad stuff. But I feel okay. like should take one little br one break and and maybe let let's find the good stuff for or should we end with the good stuff take it away okay there's a few things that i that 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 gave me a breath of fresh air um the two scenes that i thought had were somewhat redeemable um i'll list them lesser to greater 
The lesser one was Clint and Ed at the museum. Having with, lunch together? Yeah. That was a good, that was my favorite scene. Passable scene. Yeah. And the scene that I liked even more than that, though, was uh, Ed Harris and Laura Linney when he's dropping her at her apartment and trying to make sure that she knows that she's safe. Mm -hmm. And he goes over and over. He keeps saying, you know, here's my phone number. If anything happens and you need me, I live alone. He, you know, call anytime I live alone. And he keeps saying, keep saying it. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, okay, that's a cute, that's a nice meet cute scene. It in is another movie. It would you you're right. You wouldn't notice it. It would just be another decent scene in another in, in a scene in a movie where the cop wasn't trying to pick her up after she'd just been trying to been murdered. <laughs> it was like the timing of it. It's like I call call her in a couple of days. I you know, this isn't no, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> okay, yeah, you, know? you may not run into her again. Yeah, I found yeah. him a little predatory and strange in it, but it was okay as a scene. I like that scene at the at the at the museum diner or wherever they're having lunch together. I, yeah. I, I really uh, there's something about Ed Harris. I think just sitting down and <clears throat> acting with Ed Harris that makes you a better actor. If you're just going to yeah. sit and act with him quietly, you're going to look OK. And it was Clint's best scene because he was, you know, he was working with somebody who was really pushing his buttons i i don't yeah. know why you know i like laura Linney, but what the heck is this character why what no first of all nobody has a picture of them in diapers on their on their desk of their place at work that doesn't happen oh you haven't been to my place i'm not talking about adult diapers i'm talking about baby diapers oh, okay um <clears throat> I'm not talking about screen grabs from your from your actors reel. I'm talking <laughs> okay. about <laughs> okay. photographs. Right. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, you know, also her 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 kind of sentimental how she kind of feels warm inside when when she learns that her crazy convict father is stalking her and taking and pictures of her and broke breaking into the house. Like that actually makes her feel warm inside and kind of like cozy. It was crazy. No one ever would have that reaction. Yeah, that's oh, adorable. It's just oh, adorable. he broke into my house again. He must really love. He's me. watching me while I sleep. Yeah. Oh, dad. Yeah. Really wow. creepy. Really creepy. So, um, you know, months ago I made that poster for you. Things that are in Silverado. You did. It's a great poster. I think I want to make a new poster for you. Things that are wrong with absolute power. <laughs> things that shouldn't be in absolute power. Because I have a list, a list of things. I, please begin, because it's, okay. it's epic. Two Secret Service agents. And no others one. Yes. No others. That's it. Uh, questions I have. How did Clint Eastwood know about the remote to open up the mirror to the secret chamber with all the jewels and everything. There's three or four remotes on a table. He picks one of them up, points it at the mirror and presses a button and the mirror opens. It was in the architect's plans. Plus they had a long scene where he like, he, he hits a button and, and uh, you know, Sly and the family stone started playing and they, it was all crazy. It was like a pink Panther thing. Right. He couldn't oh, get them right. stuff to turn off. No, oh. I don't know. You're right. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, 
that is some serious moonlight in the chase when the Secret Service agents are chasing him after the thing. That's some seriously bright moonlight. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking day for night, maybe. I'm thinking that they shot it inside Clint's garage okay. to save some money. Right. There is no way they got the license plate off that car as it was driving away with night vision glasses on. Night vision goggles don't work that way. They did not see that license right. plate. They also had 18 clear shots at him. Yeah. On that run. Shot, they were about 10 yards behind him and they didn't shoot. And then try. Um also he's 65 and they're 40. And they but he knows, him. but he does know the terrain. He's yeah. mapped it out. Okay. Um there's a line where where the Secret Service agent Scott Glenn is talking to the police officer uh Ed Harris, and and then one of them, and then Ed Harris says, Oh, you're that Bill Burton. <laughs> Yes. Never pays off. No, we don't never. know what, what it is that no. brought him to his attention. No. And they have another moment where it could have paid off where they're like, hey, do you want some, they're waiting for the thing to go down and like, you want some gum? He goes, no, I got my own gum. And that's the only thing they say to each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ed Harris says, knowing absolutely nothing about Clint Eastwood, he says, I don't see this guy as a killer. He's just a great thief. Besides, I don't do war heroes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, then I have, he's a caring father. He breaks into his daughter's house. Well, that we discussed is we insane. Discussed that already. As is her reaction to that, which is um, insane. I love the setup at the beginning of the movie of the cliff that Laura Linney later gets pushed off we have a shot early on in the movie of like a sign that says i don't remember exactly but something like be careful don't park too close to this cliff it's honestly you, you this is the way that the secret service highly trained motivated killers are going to take care of the most like desperate situation yeah in a broad push daylight her. push her over the side of a cliff with lots of people in a public park yeah um, also then when, uh, Clint gets the call that she's in danger, he's way off in the middle. And how does he know where he, she is and where to go? He, gets, he, he goes fast though. He, he gets goes there fast. fast. He gets there. Why doesn't he call Ed Harris and say she's in trouble? Right. And then as he's driving, after they've pushed, after the Secret Service agents have pushed her off the cliff and he arrives at the cliffside, he comes driving up and they're driving away. He's the guy they're looking for that they need to kill. And they let him go. They, they, they drive past each other and look at each other. Yeah. It's almost as if they look at each other. They they don't wave, but they could have waved. Yeah, no, they they, they literally. It makes and they no just sense. Drive away. Yeah, it's like, and it's almost as if, yeah, we showed you. We just pushed your daughter off a cliff, yeah. so we don't need to kill you now. Uh, it made um, no sense. Then when Clint finally is, uh, when um, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. The other Secret Service agent, Dennis Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert is at the hospital, and he's going to kill Laura Linney now at the hospital because she's in intensive care. And um, 
Clint comes up, grabs the syringe out of Dennis Hazebert's hand and jams it into his neck. And then he says, you know, this is in your carotid. I, I imagine I'm in your carotid artery now. The carotid artery is about five millimeters in diameter. The odds of him like knowing how to jam it right in there and not go all the way, you find it, not go all the way. It's preposterous. The whole thing is preposterous. As is Haysbert, who was a great actor, who I love. was fantastic. You would probably not be speaking so clearly if you had a three-inch needle into your neck and throat no no he's like please take that out of my neck yeah i'm almost done with the uh two men standing in the rain at the end of the movie when 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 clint drives eg marshall to the white house and he walks around to the back door opens up an umbrella stands next to it and opens the door for E.G. Marshall to get out, holds the umbrella for him, and E.G. Marshall walks a few feet away. He's not standing under the umbrella. It's a long scene between the two of them. Clint holding the umbrella, E.G. Marshall standing away from him, not getting wet. There's mm. no rain. There's no rain. He's, he's old. And he was old and didn't Marshall want to get wet. through the non-rain mm-hmm. into the White House, mm-hmm. And is walking down the hall, and his jacket is wet, yeah. and there's not a drop on his head. Yeah, it's just it. No one was awake at all. No, no one was awake. No. That are you okay? Because that that uh, scene is two quick more things. Where the hell is Scott Glenn's office when Scott Glenn kills himself <laughs> at the know. end of the movie, and the police burst in and find, where's his office that he can right. shoot himself in the head? Yeah. As a Secret Service agent, no. and nobody knows about no it. No one knows about it, yeah. Nobody knows, because his Pretty office special. is alone somewhere. I like and also that... Marshall you... also gets to just walk into the White House whenever he feels like Right. Well, he, you know, he knows the president. They're like friends. I like the fact that when Scott Glenn, you know, he, he shoots himself, and you don't... You have to know... You don't see Scott Glenn. The angle is so bad that you just have to kind of assume it's him. And you're like, oh, it must have been Scott Glenn who killed himself. There's no, there's just no shot of it that's clear at all. Well, he leaves that note, that really touching note that says, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> I felt really bad for Haysbert, actually, because, like, he's the only person of color in, in this movie, uh, other than the woman who makes his... Like Clint's passport, fake passports and stuff. Right, and she's great, but she's not cast well. Like, why? That that was very confusing to me. Oh, the other there is another. uh, She's wonderful. She was on Castle for a long time, and I should have her name. She's uh, the other cop with Ed Harris. Oh, that's true. She was on. That's right. She's a great actor. actor. Um, I was just so particularly aware of like. You know them them deciding that Haysbert was going to be the the this like he was actually going to be a psycho killer like out of nowhere. Yeah. There's this line where like you know, uh, let's get cracking because we got to start killing people now. And they, they cut to Dennis Haysbert and he kind of smiles and he's like, "Oh, good, wow. we're getting ready for no reason at all, no, no. reason." That no. E.G. Marshall scene in the car with him driving is 
he's only good at all because E.G. Marshall is actually so he's got so much gravitas that you believe him, I think. Yep. I I actually he's one of the things I really liked about this movie. He's really good. Um this is and, his last movie. Oh, really? I'm sorry he had to go out with this movie. Yeah. At least he had a good part. Um he he has to sit there and listen to the worst line of dialogue in the film. Oh. Clint Clint turns to him and 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 says, "A lot of craps coming down tonight." <laughs> a lot of craps coming down tonight. What are you talking about? I think he was saying it's raining really hard. A lot of a lot of craps coming down tonight. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm a huge fan of some of Clint's stuff. I'm not a Clint apologist. I know there are people out there who are and think he should be on Mount Rushmore. I don't, and it's not just because his politics are a little bit off of of mine, to say the least. But he's made some horrible movies and some great movies. I don't know anybody else who's like run the gamut of just like titanically bad. Yeah, off key. Like you don't know how to make a movie, and, and then a couple that are a few that are like genius it's so weird yeah did you did you catch early in the movie there are two places where there's a really weird and and i don't i i rewound it a couple of times to see if there were reasons for it crossing the 180 abruptly once in the white house once in the bar just out of nowhere flipping Hmm. I'm not surprised, you know, it's so easy to do when they're shooting that fast. You know, I, it just happens, you know, it's so easy to do. I have to say that's something I do. I, I don't, it's hard to forgive because it's a big mistake, but if you're at all dyslexic, you're screwed. All right. I'll let them off the hook for that. Um, How about letting them, how about not letting them off the hook for casting Richard Jenkins thanklessly? Okay, a couple of things. First of all, he's a brilliant actor. Yeah, like, great. They give him absolutely nothing to do. And then a couple of questions. How does he know where to go? They have two assassins there to kill, right? How does... He's hired by E.G. Marshall to avenge his wife's... You're going to find the guy who blah, 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 blah. How does he know? Who told him where to go? It yeah. wasn't it wasn't the Secret Service because the Secret Service have Dennis Haysbert there to kill mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood. So we have no idea yeah. how long he's there. And then I also have a, a question: Is hired assassins who are who are snipers don't sit around like aiming their weapon? And dry firing it. Like, what is that about? The dry firing. You mean they don't just hang out of a hotel window, completely visible to a crowd, just two stories below them. Right. And, no. and scope out the, the, the target and 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 pull the trigger and, and dry fire. They don't what, what is that? I, I don't even know what dry fire is. So I'm dry I'm, firing uh, is firing it before you've put a bullet in, like right. to check, oh, the firing mechanism's working. I'm not uh I'm not like a trained seal killer guy. I don't know all that stuff. 
Oh yeah, you haven't been through that train. Sorry, yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm always forgetting that you weren't in that training. With you, me. I'm not in Mossad. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, that struck me as highly uh, unrealistic. Highly, yeah. highly unrealistic. As unrealistic as as you know, uh, uh, his daughter just deciding that he she was going to go with Ed Harris just because. There was also some nice gratuitous racism with the waiter at the Cafe Alonso. Pretty, pretty alarming. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, that was uh, needlessly. Oh, there's my cat. Hey, buddy. Thank you. Almost. Yeah. With the, with the Korean, with the guy who was the waiter at the place, who yeah. was, who was, was Korean. It was and almost Mickey Rooney in, in, um, in uh yeah, but that guy was just doing his job and they were cutting to the other people who were just making just making racist jokes and for no reason at all yeah. also i'm sorry but i instantly decided that i hated laura linney's character and wanted her to be driven off a cliff because of the way she treated him you don't come into somebody's restaurant even if it's outside and then go well would you can can i can you order something and you're just like no i'm just gonna sit here straight up yeah, and they're like, well, you kind of have well, to. She's under pressure. Come on, you really bothered me. Yeah, that no, was insulting. Yeah, and I gotta say, I don't want to get too deep on our show or anything. No, no, God forbid. But that's the kind of thing to me that's like, that's nah, coming from the director. Like that attitude. Yeah, that scene. I mean, what else does a director really do other than like manage the tone of the scene? And the scene is her ridiculing a guy doing his job. Yeah. I don't know. Mayor of Carmel, a... California, probably a little entitled, maybe. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite line? Do you have like something that you like? Like, that you Well, like? when I saw this, I actually saw this stinker in the theaters when this thing came wow. out. And so you heartless whore was a line I said to a lot of people after that. So, I mean, you heartless whore is, is, was such a howlingly ridiculous thing to say, uh, that it's, it's kind of, it's kind of got my vote, but he also inspected her vagina, but that's more of the delivery maybe than the line. I actually liked a moment where, where in the scene between Ed Harris and, um, Scott Glenn, where they're, they're sort of bonding over their shared law enforcement past. And and uh, Ed Harris references something we don't know what it is from Scott Glenn's storied past because he's like, oh, you're that Bill Burton, um, and uh, he says he says I was younger and dumber or something, and and Ed Ed Harris says, yeah, I was younger. I think I'm dumber now, and I, I actually that got a laugh out of me. That was okay. It's Ed, you know. Ed's a—he's yeah. a really cagey, smart, fun he, actor. He is cagey and smart, and that's why he got me with with coming back repeatedly to. Yeah. I live alone. Yeah. Yeah. He, there's another good scene line in this in that diner scene with him and Clint, which is again probably my favorite scene. And I guess this is can't be an original line, but Clint says, "Uh, tomorrow is promised to no one," and I don't know yeah. who's who. That's not. It's a poem that's from a poem, I think. I'm sure it's a quote. Yeah. But it's a well used and well picked and a nice button on that scene. I'm yeah. sick of being nice to this movie. <laughs> I'm sick of it. 
Okay, let's get back. Uh, I think I've gone. We haven't been particularly nice. We were nice for a couple seconds, though, and I, I, there, there. I don't know. It just, it, it. I, I was just so kind of crushed and disappointed. I mean, I really, uh, I thought particularly because Clint was working with Gene Hackman again. I mean, I don't yeah. work together as actors, but as a director, I, you know. Little Bill in Unforgiven is just one of Gene Hackman's great, great performances, I think, you know? Yeah. And um, to have them pair up again and have it be uh, that really, was there anything at all redeemable? Carrie, I don't know what to say, Carrie. Um, no, it's sloppy. It's it's poorly written. Uh, there, there's just... The character motivations don't work. I don't. You don't even know what they're aiming for that would be redeemable that they didn't hit. Yeah, you don't. Um, its morality is 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 you can't really tell what it's trying to say or what its morality might be. It seems to be, if anything, kind of been the line that Ed Harris says was like, "I, I don't, I don't do war heroes," where it's like, "Look, if you, you know, if you're a certain type of guy, then." you then there's the law doesn't apply to you yeah and it's kind of like saying in a way like like the gene hackman is a is a rogue as well but he's a bad rogue and clint's a good rogue so we're supposed to vote you know root for him because he has a code or whatever um i guess he's non-violent or so he says but yeah he has a code of only robbing rich people and a going to jail for how long he was in jail for like for a long time years, yeah right? they say for a long time yeah yeah um yeah i don't know redeemable it's hard that's a hard one for me i i feel like it's it's not redeemable because it's it's also based on a on a very popular novel so it was an easy sell it wasn't like anybody's passion project you know right yeah it's a pot boiler novel. I don't know if it's any good or not, but it certainly like seems like your typical airplane book. Like yeah, you just kind of I I haven't read any Baldacci, so and um and I honestly we we try to look for some stuff that's good, but sometimes there's just like something wrong with the spirit of it. Like there's no it's not a lot of fun. Um and uh it just looks like it just feels like Clint was just going to to work every day, like punching a clock making this movie. Right. Well. I think we've covered it. Have we? Did we? I don't have any other notes. I mean, I the only thing I can say is that I, I've, I haven't been this disappointed by this good a group of actors in in a long time. No. Really? I mean, Hackman, no. Ed Harris, Laura Linney, Scott Glenn, Haysbert's great. Judy Davis. When do I not like Judy Davis? This movie. This movie. E.G. Marshall um richard jenkins you don't even give him a line he I, I, so i felt so bad for him he's he's done so much amazing work what happened with hurting with disaster oh my god jenkins is fantastic bone yeah. tomahawk did you ever see bone tomahawk no oh my god he is he, he has like a 20 minute conversation with with um Who's the lead in that one? Oh, I can't remember anything anymore. Anyway, he's great. He plays kind of like a stumpy character from an old West movie, and he's brilliant in it. What happened with William Goldman? What's going on here? I don't know. He's so great. 
He's so great. I mean, but do you think that maybe there was interference that he got a, he get a ghost right and got the credit, but didn't really write this movie? I mean, because it, it from what I from what I read, he went through a lot of drafts for for this. Maybe they just made it worse every time. Maybe the notes just made it worse and worse maybe. and worse or something. But I, I mean, I was genuinely surprised, except for the fact that I saw him try that move he he has. He has a patented William Goldman move which works in books sometimes and he tries to find ways to make them work where you oh the reveal the reveal of a character that you don't realize is the president yeah 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 it doesn't work in this movie we know he's the president because we've seen the posters yeah i mean i was thinking exactly about that and going wow if there was a world where you like the only way I think it could work if it was a foreign film to an American audience. Right. And we didn't quite know the protocols of, of how presidents behaved or whatever, or whatever. Like we, we wouldn't really know until somebody went Mr. President. Right. Yeah. And likewise, Clint knows that it's the president because he knows who the president of the United States is and right. what he looks like. We just don't. I, and that was a cool, that was a clever thing. They could have done something with it, but they yeah. didn't really know how to, how to capitalize on it. Um, yeah, that was something that was kind of interesting. And with the, the one way mirror, uh, you know, thing with him watching this and the, the, the setup was interesting. I, I, I feel, I guess I'm a little pissed off because I think it's, it sounds like a, a good pot boiler setup. Like, you know? Yeah. Except, you've got a real problem with it being the, the press, you know, there's the implication that the president does stuff like, Oh, again, you know, <laughs> there's that whole thing. Like, did he lose it on beat up a woman again? You know, like, well, almost- I, I agree that the way they handle it was, was poor, but they could have had the same, same premise yeah. where, where there is an accident that is, that is not, you know, he he didn't have to be a sadistic monster, right? The way he was in that scene for an accident to have occurred that could have gotten him into a lot of trouble. And in fact, and, that might have made it a much more interesting movie if he's if it's if it's a weird and horrible misunderstanding. Sure. Scene. Yeah. Or the way they did in, uh, you know, in Eyes Wide Shut where the girl ODs, it's not right. like, or there's some, I mean, that wouldn't be E.G. Marshall's daughter, I guess, in this. But right. but I could see a version of it where there was a lot more gray area where the president didn't have to be a, a homicidal maniac. He could just yeah. be a lecherous kind of, you know, a pervert, which is bad enough, but something about that it. Would never have, we'd never have a president who would do anything weird like that with a woman in the White House. No, they're usually pretty well vetted and don't uh, don't fool around. I know they're all really they're, they're <laughs> straight arrows. I know yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> great, great men, all of them. I, you won't hear any, well, you'll hear different from me. Some of them are lousy, terrible yeah, no, I agree. people. I agree. Not your buddy. Not my buddy. Joe is nice to me. So anybody that's uh, nice Joe, to me. Be careful. I'll throw that photograph up again. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, they've got, you know, I've got to keep it. I got to see. But the other, the flip side of that is I've got to keep it real straight and narrow now because they, they, yeah, got, they right. got me. Because they're, they're they got the files on me. They're watching me. 
No, they're not one. There are only two Secret Service men, and they're busy taking care of Joe. Right. That's right. They don't have Secret Service men to spare on you. And they certainly don't on the vice president. It's just no. the president gets a couple no. of Secret Service he guys. He gets a couple of guys, and yeah. you know, that's all we have yeah. in the budget now. So what are we going to do? Um, what are we going to do next week? Are we going to do one more presidential movie? Um... I don't, okay, we can't. I got. If you want to do it, if you really still feel this spirit of patriotism in I you, I don't know if I feel patriotism. I, I keep thinking of the president's analysts because I think it's going to be really weird. I'm. I've never even seen it, so I'm always looking to see a, a weird new movie. I'll. I'll check it out. Do, do we know if it's available? I think it's available on uh, on Prime. You checking? Are you checking? You checking the prime? There it is. I am. It yeah. is available on, on Amazon, Amazon prime. prime. For who, who, which we do not, we do not work with or we for. Don't work for prime. them. We're not advertising them. We're not trying to get you to watch them. We do uh, use their service, and I, I do uh, most of the time enjoy using their service. Yes. Um, well, it's there. It's it's only four dollars. All right. And as Steve Martin says, I got, hey, I got $4. I think I'll go throw it out in the street. Oh, I can get in here for $4? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What happened? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So next week at 9 o'clock, join us. Um, Or, you know, if you're listening to this this on the podcast, don't join us at 9 o'clock. Just listen to the podcast. Yeah, you can't Um, do both. Well, you could do both, but you'd have to do them at separate times. But uh, we will be talking about the president's analyst. With and that, yeah. The redoubtable James Cooper. <laughs> and yes. now I know what that word means. And and the remarkable Severn Darden. Yes. Yeah. There's That'll be fun. fun stuff in this movie. It's Severn... a weird little 60s movie. Very interested I, in seeing this. 1967? Okay. 67. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and for those out there who are concerned about uh, our choices here and our well-being, um, this will be the last president movie we do probably ever. I think ever. we've done more than our share. More than our share. To, to... excuse me, Harpo, pardon me. Um, Harpo is the cat. He's not. Yeah, talking Harpo to is making an entrance. The there you go, buddy. Thank you. There we go. Um, so this will be the last presidential movie, and then we'll pick something. Uh. Maybe we should go. Maybe we should do branch into another. Do like a set of, of you know, noirs. Should we do blast of silence? Oh, let's it? start. Let's do blast of silence and start a noir. A noir. A noir. A uh, run of noir. I like that. Okay. I like great. that a lot. All right. Well, join us again next week for the president's analyst. Good night, buddy. Good night, Matthew. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.